Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between, and in addition. This is really the culmination of an entire lifetime for you, but more importantly, this is the culmination of over 15 billion years of the universe's evolution. Whoops. YouTube, you can hear me now. Thank you, Paul. Your system is working very well. (laughs) I appreciate that. So, here's what you missed, YouTube, (laughs) when my microphone was not plugged in. What you missed was, you've come to the best place in the world at the best time, and congratulations. Would you like to take it up a notch? And would you like to learn something about Ukraine that you never really understood before? Well, this is the place to come. And all you need is a cupper, mug, or a glass, a tanker, telestine, a canteen, jug, or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite beverage. I like coffee. What? You kidding me? YouTube is still bad sound? Huh. Okay. Well, it's all I can do, I think, so... Plugged in. Let's see if I've got any. Oh, good over there? Okay, sound is good. So, here's what's uh, going on in the world. Now, as promised, I'm going to give you the most unusual take on Ukraine and Russia that you've ever seen. Is that worth staying around for? Because everybody else is going to be talking about the same topic today. So, today, has to be the best one. Was there something missing? Was there something missing? Was it the dopamine high of the day? Was it the thing that you're all here for? The simultaneous sip? Okay, here it comes. Go. Wow, everything is polywampus today. You've heard that term? Is that a term? Polywampus? It's possible I just made that up. Well, we're in the uh, Ukraine fog of war stage, and that means that 100% of the things you hear in the news are fake. (laughs) Do you remember yesterday when uh, I saw some people on social media picking up on the fact that apparently the Ukrainians were putting up stiff resistance? Do you believe that? How many of you believe that the Ukrainians killed 2,800 Russian troops in one day? That was a claim by one of the pro-Ukrainian people. And uh, totally stopped the Russian incursion. <laughs> so that, that was something I was hearing, I think, yesterday. At the same time when uh, actual military people were talking, I forget which ones it, it was, but some people who actually knew what they were talking about said, uh, let's get this straight. There's no comparison between the Russian army and the Ukrainian army. If the Russians have not gotten what they want yet, it's just because they're staging. <laughs> it's, just not, it's just not time yet. So there's probably nothing that can be deduced by any one-day report on whether the Ukrainian resistance is being effective or not. I would say 
that we probably can say with some confidence that the Ukrainians are insanely brave. I, I don't even know if that's a compliment, honestly, because there's bravery and then there's you know going too far, isn't there? But if Russia thought that the Ukrainians were just going to bend over, well, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I'll tell you one thing that Ukraine got out of this so far, and maybe it won't be enough, and maybe it won't be anything. But so far, they definitely have our respect. Am I right? Like, there's nobody watching Ukraine saying, oh, we don't think you guys are good or smart or awesome. Uh, pretty much everybody's looking at Ukraine and saying, now that's a country. Like, that's, that's what you want to see. There's some, there's some fighting spirit there. At the same time, I don't want to see them fight for nothing. Right? Do you want to see them fight and die for you know, what might be a foregone conclusion? Nope. So it's a tough situation. Here's some uh, things around that topic. Uh, so New York Times was reporting that the U.S. had been meeting with China for a long time, I guess months, and uh, trying to get China to help talk uh, Putin out of invading. And China's response was to share the American intel with Russia. <laughs> now, that's the story. Does that sound true? And, and what do you make of it? Yeah, I kind of just read the headline. But if you just, but if you just read the headline... What kind of intel do you think we shared with China that they shared with, with Putin? And do you think it was anything important? You know, anything that they didn't already know we could see? I mean, it was probably nothing but satellite imagery, right? <laughs> what the hell else were we going to show China? Do you think we went over and said to China, look, we don't usually share our sources and methods, but we really need your help? So just this one time, we're going to show you how our entire intelligence agency works. So you'll get on our side on this Putin thing. And then, and then China sold us out and gave all our sources and methods to Russia? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> this looks like a complete fake story, doesn't it? Fake, not in the details, but how the details are told. Because do you, can you imagine that we actually, literally gave China some intel that would have surprised Russia. You know, did, did Russia see this from China and say, whoa, we did not know the Americans could see things from the air. What's a satellite? <laughs> now, obviously, we also had things like, you know, captured signal intelligence and stuff, presumably. But do you think we shared all that with China? If we, had, if we had satellite pictures of massive military might heading toward Ukraine, don't you think that would have been enough? <laughs> Plus his public statements. So I, this looks like a complete fake story. It looks, like a, it looks like a war propaganda story to me. All right. There's a story that the Ukrainian government asked the citizens to change the street signs. Now, I don't know if this is true either. I guess there's going to be one theme for the show today. Just assume that everything I tell you might not be true because it's something I heard from sources that are in the fog of war and they're all liars. So just assume none of it's true, but it's not going to be less interesting. 
It should be. But it won't make it less interesting. Um, so, allegedly, I saw this in a tweet by uh, Christo Grazev, uh, that Ukraine's interior ministry asked the residents to take down street signs in order to confuse oncoming Russian troops. Sounds like a good idea. But then the state road signs agency went one step further, and apparently all the directions on the street signs are going to be changed to go fuck yourself, presumably in Russian. Um, do you believe that? I don't. <laughs> I don't. Because first of all, if you were legitimately trying to confuse the enemy, you would change the signs to something that looked believable but wrong. Right? Isn't that kind of obvious? If you really were doing this for military reasons, and this story were you know, with, any, with any shred of truth to it, you would, yeah, you would move the signs, exactly. You wouldn't even destroy the signs. You would just put them in different places. Obvious. Most obvious thing, right? Now, I'm sure that Russians also have GPS, so what's the difference? <laughs> right, as, as you're saying in the comments, if you have GPS, what the hell do the road signs have to do with anything? And so, and so, true story or fake story? I think it's a fake story. What do you think? I'm going to go with fake. All right. Um, one of the things that uh, Russia has going for it is that because it's the energy source to Europe, Europe can't go that hard on Russia because it doesn't want to lose its energy. So even the talking about uh, the uh, taking away the SWIFT access, you know, the access to international banking through this electronic system that moves money around the major banks. If Russia is taken out of the, the, the electronic distribution part of the banking system, called the SWIFT, um, it turns out that that's not going to make that much difference because even what we're contemplating is carving out the part where they can't pay for energy. So energy would not be included in the sanctions. So, so Russia could still use the SWIFT system you know, to sell their energy. And that's the main thing they sell. So the whole SWIFT thing might not make that much difference. I saw an article on uh, G0 uh, that quoted somebody suggesting there might be a 5% dip in Russia's uh, GDP if they get taken off of SWIFT. But I'm not even sure it would be that. And I'm not even sure anybody could estimate it. So... Getting back to the pipeline. If Russia is kind of held, uh, is holding Europe captive because it controls energy, how can Ukraine ever get anything done? Because basically they're not going to get as much help as they need. It looks like uh, Europe's strategy might be to, do, to be a little bit too slow. And then uh, I saw Andreas Beckow say this on Twitter, that maybe Germany's strategy is to say, yeah, we'll help. Yeah, we're, we're going to help. Let, let's, uh, let's help you. Oh, it's too late. Oh, I sh- darn. Well, there's nothing you can do now because Russia already owns Ukraine. So it, m- it might actually be an intentional European strategy to pretend to be helpful, to literally pretend. Yeah, to slow walk it, exactly, the, the corporate word for it, to slow walk it and just say, oops, too late. Thanks for the energy, Russia. Too bad, Ukraine. 
Now, if you were Ukraine, now you do want the goodwill of the world, and they seem to be playing that card pretty well. You don't want to lose it. But on the other hand, you don't think you would make you would take that card off the table from a military perspective? Because if somebody, whoever, blew up the key, key pipeline so that Europe didn't have energy anyway, would Europe then be free to act because they would have nothing to gain? They didn't have energy anyway. I don't know. And could anybody get to the pipelines or are they so well protected? And if they're so well protected, why don't you make the whole country out of that? You know, that's the old joke about the black box on the airplane. Airplane crashes, but the black box seems to always survive. And then all the jokesters say, well, why didn't you make the whole plane out of that black box stuff? Same thing about the pipelines. If the Ukrainians can't get to the pipelines that are crisscrossing the country because they're so well fortified, you should make, make the whole country out of that stuff, whatever it is, magic. I don't know. Is there anything that you can't dig? You, you can't dig a hole and get to it. There, there's, no maintenance, there's no maintenance access anywhere. No pumping stations halfway anywhere. It just seems to me there would have to be some kind of access. All right. Um, anyway, that's just an open question. doesn't look like anybody's going to blow up any pipelines. Here's uh, one way to look at uh, Putin, and then we'll go to the uh, whiteboard, and I'll explain to you exactly what's going on. Have we not been confused about what the hell is Putin's objective? Right? Because I would say that our media is so unreliable and scattered that they never really told us what's going on or why. Why do you think that our media did such a bad job? Do you think it's incompetence or something else? Just incompetence or something else. For now, those are your only two choices. The for something else could be any category. Incompetence or, or something else. Why, why did we not know what the hell Putin was up to and why? Okay, I'm seeing your answers are all over the place. Okay. I think there's at least a little bit of something else and a little bit of incompetence. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's easy to say any, any large organization or any group of people is going to have plenty of incompetence in it. That's easy to say. But it feels like something else. And do you know what that something else might be? Let's dig a little deeper. What do you believe the something else is? Go. In the comments, what do you think? Somebody says money, Burisma, something about Ukraine and the Bidens, people are saying, just reading your comments. Corruption, Biden connection, uh, Putin and the Soviet Union and... Okay. Here's one possibility. Have you heard Putin's version of events? (laughs) Putin's version of events is that the United States has been the aggressor and has been uh, getting closer and closer to encircling uh, Russia with NATO and has been a bully since the Soviet Union fell. And that Russia has been belittled, embarrassed, and pushed by the United States for decades 
And when he, they reached a certain line, they had pushed too far. Can somebody give me a, uh, a history lesson? Was Georgia ever considered for uh, NATO? Can somebody... Because I, I don't have good history. So I'm seeing some yeses there, and then some noes. Yes or no? Um... Uh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm seeing maybe there was some discussion about it. It looks like it looks like there was some discussion about it as opposed to any formal process. So and then uh, and then Russia moved, right? Putin moved on Georgia, and then Ukraine. The conversation comes up about NATO, and and now we've seen that he moved. And I was trying to understand the motivation. So first of all, from Putin's telling. He tells it like a victim. He, he tells it like a victim. Now, nothing I say should suggest I'm agreeing with Putin, okay? I'm just saying his telling is that he's a victim and that he's been literally bullied. Now, I saw an uh, article from 2014. that was in Atlantic Magazine uh, by Joseph Burgo. And he had a, a theory back then, hypothesis, that uh, Putin is a narcissist, and his, you know, um, one, one can assume that his own uh, sense of ego is tied up with Russia in general, and Russia's history and Russia's legacy and everything else. Now, what would cause somebody to become a narcissist, according to many experts? Do you know what turns somebody into a narcissist? Being bullied. Do you think Putin ever got bullied as a kid? Almost certainly. Yeah, and there are reports of it, but who knows. And that apparently he, re- he reacted very aggressively against bullies as a kid. Now, again, nobody can confirm that any of this is true. <laughs> I'm not even sure we know anything about his childhood, really. But that's a report. So follow with me to connect some dots. If he were bullied, that would turn him into a narcissist, allegedly. A narcissist who would be... Uh, overly sensitive to how people view them. And then here's the weird part. When somebody is a narcissist, they have a, uh, a certain set of behaviors that are so baked in, it's very much like alcoholics. If, if, you've known, if you've ever known more than one alcoholic, did you ever say to yourself, well, that's weird, they act the same. There's like these set of behaviors that are only alcoholic behaviors, but two complete strangers... And you add the alcohol and they act the same. Well, narcissists are like that. The, the specificity of how they act is just weird. Like you could take one from two sides of the world and you could tell, you could tell what they're going to do before they do it. They're that predictable. And here's one of the weird parts. Projection. Now, I've actually said that it didn't exist and people were just making it up. And everybody was just like, yeah, you know, people think the same. So, you know, obviously I think you might be thinking a little bit the same as me. And I had always discounted it. But there's a special kind of projection that only applies to narcissists, which is a weird kind. Now, a weird projection would be like this. If somebody said, uh, let's say you blamed a narcissist of running over your dog... And you say, you ran over my dog. What would the narcissist say first? 
No, I didn't, because they're, they're liars. They're always liars. No, I didn't. I did not run over your dog. Then you say, here's video. I've got video from five angles and, you know, ten, um, and ten uh, witnesses that you ran over a dog. Here it is, right here. Look at it. There's your face. There's you in the driver's seat. There's my dog. You're running over it. There's no doubt about this. What does the narcissist say when given absolute proof? Always. They say, you ran over my dog. And the narcissist would say that even knowing that you don't own a car and the narcissist never owned a dog. And you say to yourself, I don't know what's happening here. This is weird. How could you be blaming me of the the exact thing I'm blaming you of when you don't even own a dog and never have? And the narcissist will keep with that story. And you'll say to yourself, I don't even know what's going on here. And then do you know what the narcissist says? I think maybe you should seek professional help because you're starting to lose it. That's the checklist. It goes just like that each time. So as soon as it's obvious that the narcissist is completely denying obvious reality, they'll tell you that you've lost your mind and you can't see what's right in front of you. Now, yeah, gaslighting, what that would be called. So look at what Putin's done and how this is all developed. And I'm going to go to the the visuals here. Now, um, I'm not great with geography, so just roughly speaking, there's this big mass called Russia. And the, the first offense to Putin's, let's say, his ego, was when uh, Georgia sort of, sort of hangs down here. So Georgia started talking about maybe being part of NATO. So Russia you know, jumped right in and controlled it. But now... Um, You've got Ukraine. Ukraine. Ukraine, which uh, um, I think you can see what's developing here. If you're Putin, Ukraine and Georgia form the genitalia of Russia. So it's literally the cock and balls of Russia. And so if Russia were to uh, lose some of the little uh, dingleberry countries that were just not that important, eh, he can live with that. It's embarrassing, but you can live with it. But NATO said, hey, Putin, since we picked off some of these little, uh, little unaligned countries and we, we put them to NATO, how about our next step, logically would be to cut off your fucking balls and cock in front of the world. I can't see what problem that would cause. Do you? Let's just cut off your entire cock and balls while everybody's watching and see if that gets a reaction from you. Do you know why? Because he only appreciates toughness. He only appreciates toughness. Right? So isn't it smart to do the most humiliating thing you can do to him in front of the world because he only appreciates toughness. Except he doesn't like bullies. He doesn't like bullies. Did we know that about him? 
maybe we should have. Now, because his system is not a democratic system where he doesn't have to worry about losing power, this is personal. And, you know, even though it's a weird coincidence that these two countries form the cock and balls of Russia, I think you see my point, don't you? When you say to yourself, why is Putin acting irrationally, it's because we made him act irrationally. Do you know... Do you know who else would act irrationally? Now, ladies, um, I'm going to ask the men to explain this to you. You may not be aware of this. One of the things that makes men act irrationally and sometimes angry is any any threat whatsoever to our cock or our balls. We don't even act rational after that. We're just sort of mad. We might do some stuff to you if you threaten any of that area, that situation. And so, um, without all the details of history of all the slights and abuses we have dealt to Putin, let's go all the way back to 2008 when Putin asked if he could join NATO. Yeah. Now, we've talked about that before, but why did this only recently come up? I would guess it's the same reason that our media has not informed us well about Putin's uh, motives. I believe that our CIA and our intelligence agencies are heavily staffed with Russia experts, just for sort of a legacy from the Cold War, and that all the Russia experts needed something to do. And they'd all come to the belief that uh, the only way that Putin would respond is if you could, you know, close him in and put the pressure on him. He literally asked to join our club. He literally asked to join NATO. Does that sound like the guy who who couldn't get along if you wanted him to? I mean, is Russia getting along with China, or are they hacking each other all the time? I don't know. Maybe they are. But I feel like Russia gets along with other countries. Am I wrong? Doesn't Russia get along with other countries? I feel as though the CIA fucked up so badly in reading reading the room, if you will, and tried to overthrow, literally tried to overthrow Putin, literally tried to embarrass him, literally tried to uh, pick him apart one part at a time to destroy Russia. Why were we trying to destroy Russia? Well, what was the purpose of that? And is everything that we see just Putin reacting exactly the way you would expect somebody in his situation? It looks like it to me. I mean, it looks exactly like how you would expect somebody to react in that situation. Now, on top of that, here's my big breaking news. This is just my opinion. But one of the the weird things about narcissists, is that they will accuse you of, the, as I said, the exact thing that they're doing. Did you see that Putin just accused uh, the Ukrainian government of being a bunch of drug addicts? Did that, did that catch your uh, attention as an unusual accusation? I've, I don't know if I've ever heard that before, have you? Has anybody ever called an entire government a bunch of drug addicts? and then use that as a pretense for attacking? 
Do you know what that sounds like exactly? That sounds like a narcissist projecting. And how do you interpret that? There's one way to interpret that. That Putin himself is a drug addict and is telling you. Telling you in the most direct way a narcissist can. The way a narcissist tells you what they're up to is they blame you for doing it. That's how you know. (laughs) That's the trick. And uh, my background in hypnosis would tell me the same thing. The fact it was even on his mind, because it's a weird thing to even be on your mind, right? We've all seen Zelensky a million times. Does Zelensky look like he's on drugs? Not at all. Does Putin? Does Putin look like he's on drugs? Lately. You know that Macron said that he seemed like a different person, like darker, more intense. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that Putin has revealed, because this is sort of a hypnotist trick, is, is how to know that how to know what people are thinking. The hypnotist knows that people reveal in their choice of words their inner thoughts. They don't know they're doing it, but the words that come most easily to them are the ones that are in the zone of the thing they're trying to keep from you, if you know what I mean. So just if you look at their choice of words, you know, okay, those words come from this zone of thinking. That's really what, where that's about. So... If you look at uh, Putin looks different to me, he looks less healthy, there is some talk that he's, quote, losing it, but I think that probably comes from our own intelligence agencies, you know, and so who knows if that's true, right? So I wouldn't take it as true, any story of any um, adversary's mental health. You can't take any of those stories as true. But you can observe yourself. And I tweeted this morning uh, Putin's explanation of the great humiliations that have been heaped upon him, see for yourself. See in Putin's words if that looks like the old Putin. It doesn't look, at, look like it to me. It looks like he snapped. And I would say there's a probability, this is my speculation, that two things have come together in a tragic way. Number one, he got pushed too far. At the same time, he was taking some kind of medication that made him not want to be pushed. Like extra, extra, not want to be pushed. Like, if I'm going to snap, it's going to happen now kind of drug. Now, I'm, I'm not going to speculate what it would be. You know, I, I often think, you know, you think of steroids and prednisone, and, but it could be anything. It could, they're probably a constellation, I would guess. There's probably a whole constellation of drugs that are you know, prescribed for ordinary medical problems, of which you would imagine he would be, at this point, having some. He's that age. Um, and, so, and so I submit to you that two forces have come together. The humiliation of Russia over time, that, that has been relentless, with him getting on some kind of change of... It could be a mental health change. That's possible. But I think more likely, since there's a suddenness to it... Uh, well, I guess I could go either way. But I'm going to go with a... Someday we will know that he's uh, drugged up like Hitler was. Now, Hitler was on all kinds of shit, right? Does anybody, tell me what was Hitler on. 
in, in his worst days. Was Hitler on meth? Because amphetamines are what make you this way, right? Would you, would you agree that the, the amphetamines and the meth are most likely what's going to make you overreach and you know, act out of ego? Is that, would that be true? I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious he's not on mushrooms. You know, he's not on ecstasy. <laughs> he's not on weed. I don't even think he's drunk. Uh, I think it's prescription meds of some kind. He probably has a few months to live. You know, I don't know if people act that way, do they? If you only have a few months to live, do you try to get that thing done, or do you just say, you know, I just got other things to worry about now? I, I don't think he'd want to work that hard if you only had a few months to live, but maybe that's just me. Um, CNN refers to the uh, action in Ukraine as an unprovoked invasion. Would you say it's unprovoked? Go. In your opinion, with what we know so far, is the invasion of Ukraine unprovoked? I'm saying mostly no's. Yeah, and doesn't it, doesn't it depend? You know, I, we see, I see yeses and no's. But it depends on your definition of provoked, doesn't it? If, if you knew that Ukraine was on your doorstep and your mortal enemy was going to use it to put weapons, wouldn't you feel provoked? If somebody were, uh, let's say, how about the Cuban Missile Crisis? Was Kennedy provoked? Let, let's ask that one. Was Kennedy provoked by Russia, Soviet Union, I guess, the Soviet Union, with the missile, uh, Russia, the Cuban Missile Crisis? Yes. Yes, we would call that provoked, even though nobody fired at anybody or invaded anybody, right? Am I right? We would all call that provoked. We've all been trained. We, we've been taught in school that that was a provocation and that the response to it was perfectly legitimate. We just did exactly the same thing to Russia that the, that the Soviet Union was trying to do to us. They were provoked. They were absolutely provoked. Now, I don't approve of what Russia is doing in Ukraine, just to be clear. I'm not, I'm not pro-Russia. But it does help to understand that we provoked the shit out of them and should have seen it coming from a mile away, which we did. And it looks like what is happening now is, in, on top of the tragedy in Ukraine itself, which is tragedy number one, but, uh, well, I guess there's tragedies all around here. Um, I, think, uh, I think that we're going to be uh, gaslit in the United States to be um, taught that this is purely uh, a Russian aggression situation. And I think that's only half of it. Putin's definitely... It looks like something's different. You know, maybe he just reached the last straw, and maybe that's all it is, but it's different. And then other people talk about, you know, just power will keep going until you stop it, so all Putin's doing is taking advantage of situations. But it seems to me like the situations he's taking advantage of 
all do seem to have a strategic point to them. So they don't seem crazy up to this point. All right. Compare uh, how we've been treating Russia with how Trump treated Russia. If you imagine that, of course, Russia wants lots of things, you know, wants a strong defense and a good economy and all that stuff. But if you imagine the important thing here, um, if you imagine the important thing is how, you know, how Putin feels about his place in history and whether he's bullied and whether Russia has been bullied and all that. Think about how Trump handled that. Trump handled uh, Putin, and by extension, Russia, with complete respect, didn't he? So, so Trump knew how to handle this exact situation. If, if my hypothesis is right, Trump knew how to handle it. Just tell him he's a genius and Russia is awesome, and, and maybe we can work with you. That was exactly the right thing to do. Now, who, who sounds scarier? The one who says, hey, you know, you're kind of smart and you're awesome and let's work together. Does that sound dangerous? Or the one who says, we're going to have to put NATO on your doorstep and put a bunch of weapons in Ukraine. And by the way, it used to be uh, your cock and balls, but we took it from you. Like, which one is handling that the right way? Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't World War II happen because of the way we handled World War I? We, meaning everybody who didn't lose. Now, is that historically correct, that World War II happened because of how poorly we handled World War I? And now we're watching the, what happened about how we handled the decline of the Soviet Union. So Putin's point of view is that we should have been just as helpful and we would have had a good friend in Russia. And you know what? I'll bet that's true. I'll bet that's true. I'll bet if we had been gracious and helpful when the Iron Curtain fell, that we would actually have an ally. I'll bet that's true. Now, there's no way to know, right? I mean, maybe smarter people have a better idea about that. But... um, Every country that we act graceful to in victory, Germany, Japan, am I wrong that they're now our strongest allies? And that that's how you make an ally, right? By being not a dick. And apparently, we've been a dick to Russia for years. You know, every time we talk about Russia, we say, you know, their, their economy is like Texas. It's sort of a third-rate country with nukes. That's what they are. That's how we talk about them. Do you think he has any reason to want to like, move that in the other direction? Here's, here's another theory about countries and businesses, and people, I guess. Things never stay the same. So Russia is either ascending or descending. Would you agree with that statement? It's, never, it's not going to just always be just Russia. It's always ascending or descending, and those are the only two choices. So it looks like Putin decided to stop descending. And he said, all right, well, I'm just going to do whatever it takes to ascend because you're either ascending or you're descending, and my job is to ascend. So there's, there's a lot going on here. All right. Um, what about the Switzerland option that I think is being floated at the moment 
but and was floated and rejected. And I feel like the way that we're um, the way we're talking about this whole thing and framing it is the problem. If instead of saying that Ukraine is either going to be owned by Russia or dominated by NATO, two choices that can't ever work because the other side won't let it. Why didn't we start out with saying uh, that there's, a, there's something called a Switzerland option, and if the United Nations gives somebody, a let's say, a Switzerland designation, then every country has to defend them? How about that? You just say, you know, nobody is NATO. We're not going to put any weapons there. But if anybody attacks one of these Switzerland-neutral countries that we've designated as neutral... And maybe they need to be neutral. Maybe the very best thing is to have a neutral country between two countries that aren't so neutral toward each other. All right. Um, I don't know if that's ever an option, but it's too late at this point because Russia can basically do what it wants with Ukraine in the long run, it looks like. It looks like. We could be surprised. Now... uh, so, of course, now Finland and Sweden are saying that they're thinking about joining NATO because they feel a little exposed. And Russia is, of course, saying they could have dire consequences. Now, again, have, have uh, Finland and Sweden suffered from, by not being in NATO? So all these, this time has gone by. Do you think uh, Sweden has ever said, darn, I wish we were in NATO? because it would have cost them money, and I don't think it would have bought them anything yet. So I feel as if we're just creating a bunch of made-up problems because we're bullying each other, and neither side wants to put up with bullies. It just feels like bullying and bullying and posturing and psychological stuff. All right. And that, ladies and gentlemen... Oh, one other thing. The, the only other story is about the uh, uh, Biden's nominee for the Supreme Court, uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson. And I ask you this. If we know in advance that the liberal-appointed judge is always going to go with the liberals, if you know how somebody's going to vote before you nominate them, and we really do, <laughs> am I right? You know, the days where you didn't know how somebody was going to vote are kind of over. Uh, I think we always know how anybody's going to vote on anything important. You know, there, there may be some... All right, so I'm, I'm, here, here's something uh, I'm saying here. So Maya Gameworks over on YouTube is yelling at me, Scott, I'm in Kiev and the Russians have lost. Now, I've seen some messages go by suggesting that you've already uh, kicked out the uh, Russian army. Now... No pictures. I, I, w- I would have to see some pictures. And I would have to have lots of confirmation of that. I, I'm not going to buy... I mean, to me, that just sounds like propaganda. Now, I don't know who you are, and you know if you're, if you're being honest, that's great. But even if you're in Kiev, I don't think you'd know. You would just know what's happening on your street. You wouldn't know what's happening anywhere else. Because we don't know. Like, <laughs> all right. But back to uh, the Supreme Court nominee. I think the Republicans should just um, make their little speeches, ask their tough questions because it gets them some TV time. But basically, they should just vote her in because 
there's no mystery about any of these judges anymore. You know, you know what they're going to vote before they get in there. So either they have the power to put her in or, or not. Air superiority makes Ukraine the automatic loser. I don't know about the air superiority part. Because does air superiority help you clear a metro center? And ultimately, they're going to have to clear street by street. Does, does air power help you that much in urban fighting? I mean, I mean, yes, I mean, it helps you some, but is that the decisive part? I don't know. It seems like it's door-to-door fighting. I wouldn't want to go door-to-door with the Ukrainians right now. And uh, let me ask you this. If, if the Russian army you know, came down a street with uh, armed people with AKs and, and their uh, Molotov cocktails, couldn't the residents just open the windows at the same time and rain hell down on the Russian army in the street? I guess I don't know enough about urban warfare to know how an organized defender couldn't easily repel somebody that way. Not easily, but maybe effectively would be the better way to say it. Yeah. All right. That is all I've got to say for today. I think it was a success. I believe this is the only place you're ever going to hear the cock and balls hypothesis of Ukraine and Georgia, and I think it's the only one that matters. Am I right? Am I right? I think I'm right. Best thing you've ever seen? Thank you. (laughs) And I'll talk to you on YouTube tomorrow.